Hey guys, welcome to Call My Lawyer. In today's episode, I'm going to be discussing the Teen Wolf movie. So spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie yet and you plan on watching it, please don't proceed with this episode until after you've finished it. Unless you don't care about spoilers. I don't want to be the bitch that spoils it for you. I'd love to sit here and say I'm not obsessed with supernatural shows, but I can't do that. I loved all the Twilight movies, I binged The Vampire Diaries at least 11 times, and even went to visit Covington, Georgia, where the show was filmed. But when it came to Teen Wolf, I had a friend that used to beg me to watch it with her, and I always refused. I didn't know much about the cast, and the few clips I did see, it didn't look like it was my vibe. And I couldn't have been more wrong. I finished the show in about a week and a half, and if you know anything about me, once I liked something, I had to deep dive everything. The behind the scenes tea drama. I have to go watch all the cast interviews and panels. I need to know everything. I think I've seen all the cast panels at least five times each. From the very beginning, they would always say they would do the shit forever. Dylan O'Brien would say in almost every panel that Styles was his first ever role, and he would never let that go over his head or forget where he came from. Dylan and Tyler Posey advocated a lot for more seasons and even teased a possible movie. Jeff Davis used to say he wouldn't be interested in doing any more seasons once the final one was announced because as a writer you have to know when to end the story. But he did say he'd be interested in doing a movie, and he said this from the very beginning, if someone would be interested in picking it up. And if you watched the final episode of the show, it tied up all loose ends, but it did leave it open in case anyone did choose to pick it up. So I guess as fans, we kind of knew something would come, whether it be another season or a movie. Once the movie was announced, I wasn't surprised, but I was also on the fence. We've seen how hard it is to make a successful reboot or remake. As a Veronica Mars fan, we got three incredible seasons. Then they decided to make a movie, which wasn't the greatest, but it wasn't the worst. And then 10 years later, they came back with a season four, and it was horrible. I like to act as if it doesn't exist. And then they did 90210, a remake of Beverly. Hills 90210. It wasn't the worst, but it wasn't what the old fans were expecting. And then the Gossip Girl reboot? Trash. I tried to watch it at least three times. I couldn't get into it. And then all the Pretty Little Liars reboots they tried, I don't think any of them lasted. I could be wrong with the newest show, but I haven't seen anything about it. And finally, the Vampire Diaries universe. Julie Pleck has no idea when to end a show, which is how Legacies came about and went up in complete flames. Because what in the actual fuck was that? Anyway. They slowly started announcing the cast to the Teen Wolf movie, and to everyone's surprise, Dylan O'Brien was not announced. Honestly, I was frustrated. Between him and Tyler Posey, they were the ones that would advocate the most for more seasons or a movie. They did it in every interview and every panel, but towards the end of the Teen Wolf show, Dylan started booking other movies like Maze Runner and American Assassin, which don't get me wrong, they were great. But what was Teen Wolf without Styles? Who was Scott without Styles? Instead, Dylan chose to do that flop of a movie, Not Okay. It was awful. I wonder if he regrets it. I also wonder what his reason for not returning was. But without him, I then began to doubt Teen Wolf. Not saying he was the show, but it was based around a friend group and the two main cast were him and Tyler Posey. Once the drama of Dylan not returning started to die down, they then hit us with another one. Jeff Davis is bringing back Allison Argent, played by Crystal Reed. I get that the show is supernatural, but Allison was human. How could it even be possible she could return? But Jeff Davis has always had 
an obsession with Alison Argent, and then I thought the movie would be solely about her, so I was even more turned off because I've never been an Alison fan. I was no longer excited for the movie until it dropped, and the same friend that pushed me to watch the show called me up again to watch the movie. I really gotta stop doubting Jeff Davis because he fucking delivered. I'm so glad he tickled this movie with his little spirit fingers because no one else could have possibly done this. And the fact it was done with Paramount and not MTV, chef's fucking kiss. The freedom they have with Paramount, there's nothing hotter than Chris Argent saying the word fucker in his deep daddy voice. The one thing I wish they did differently was introducing the newbies at the cast panels before the movie dropped. I think it would have been better to have some kind of surprise since we already knew certain favorites weren't returning. I would have loved the surprise. Something about being scalped bald unexpectedly really does something to me. I've also heard that there wasn't a script at all and the very last day Jeff went in and changed entire scenes which is why the drop date was pushed. Is that true? I don't know. One thing I do know though is that all the cast aged like fine fucking wine and I'm truly so proud of Tyler Posey for getting sober and doing this movie. He deserves the world. Let's get into it. The movie opens up with the Triskelion which is a symbol that's tattooed on Derek Hale's back and it's his pack symbol. Derek Hill is played by Tyler Hecklin, another beautiful face. The Triskelion is on the lid of a box which sits in Liam and his new girlfriend Hikari's restaurant. I think it's their restaurant. I actually it never really addresses it, so I have no idea. I'm just confused. And I don't know if it's in Asia or if it's in Beacon Hills. I was a bit of a hater when I first saw Hikari because she would be the replacement and I was a fan of Kira which was played by Arden Cho but I understand why she chose not to return and Hikari ended up being an amazing addition. And then an, a hooded man walks in and he's looking for the box with the Triskelion on it and he opens with a riddle and one thing about Teen Wolf is full of riddles and he says when is a door not a door and apparently all the diners at the restaurant were familiar with all of this supernatural shit because as soon as this hooded outsider came in they were ready to pop off if needed. I also went back and rewatched the show after I watched the movie to see how this hooded man even knew about the Triskelion jar and still have no fucking idea. But I do know that the Nogitsune is a bitch. We then head to Beacon Hills and the first face we see there is Deaton and I truly love this cast. I can't explain it. He's trying to save this little girl and he has to call in for help. Obviously the fire department's there and stuff but he calls not other than Scott motherfucking McCall. And he jumps in and saves a little girl and her dog in true alpha form. And Deaton says, we call him the alpha and the cop's like, right, like a dog. And Deaton goes, no, like a wolf. It was beautiful, honestly. I, I fucking love it. And Scott is such a dad. I also love that Deaton and Scott still work alongside each other at the animal clinic. And then Scott gets this vision of Allison. For those that don't know, her and Scott dated in seasons one and two of the show and then they broke up. And they were kids in each other's first loves. And they fought the Oni. So the Nogitsune took over Styles' body, making him void Styles. And it's little pack is the Oni and they had to fight the Oni trying to get Styles back from the Nogitsune and Allison was killed by the Oni and died in Scott's arms. So the whole thing is flashback back and forth and then we see Daddy Arjun which is Allison's dad and Jeff really knows how to pick a cast because what the fuck 
like I'm never disappointed. And him and Scott both see the word Bardo, which is a state between life and death, which I guess Allison has been in Bardo this entire time. So that's the loophole to get her to return from the dead. And then Scott and Argent talk, and Scott's a werewolf and Argent is a hunter. So they've come a long way from the beginning. Like Argent used to try and hunt down Scott. And Scott says he hasn't been Beacon Hills in a long time. And then Argent's like, none of us have. And I must have missed where they've all been this whole time. And I've watched the movie now three times and I still have no idea. And then we jump to Miss Lydia fucking Martin, a banshee. And she's in San Francisco. And she's fucking flawless. Colin Droden has always been beautiful. She's walking through what looks like a corporate company with a bunch of people following her and one of them's like, who's Allison? And she had been talking the whole time and then this, it caught her off guard. She didn't know that she had said Allison's name. So she storms off into her own office and it's dark and she immediately starts drawing. All the scribbles spell out Bardo. And then they give us a throwback scene up from the show and Allison's last moment when Lydia is huddled to a dying Styles and she screams Allison's name. And the throwback scenes are truly iconic. It's a perfect touch and it ties everything together. My heart cried a little inside watching that. The scene then jumps to Styles' Jeep and there's a song playing in the background as We're Not Looking for Trouble and it's a song called The Kids Are Back by Twisted Sister and in one of the earlier panels of the show a fan had asked the cast if they could have any song playing during a scene entrance what would it be and Tyler Posey instantly started singing these lyrics out loud and said I think that would be it. So for Jeff to listen to him and care enough to fit that into the show I think that says a lot. So Styles isn't driving the Jeep obviously is Derek Hale's son Eli and Derek Hale is a fucking father. Mind blown right there. I never pictured that. And then seeing Styles' Jeep is so bittersweet. I love it. And then another scene jump we're with Deputy Parrish, Deputy Mason and they're both with Sheriff Stilinski investigating a series of fires and Stilinski also calls in Derek and he goes you want me to call the FBI and Derek says you should be calling your son. Another Styles mention. So Styles Styles was obsessed investigating and would help his dad investigate cases and then he got accepted into the FBI over at Quantico so that's where he went at the end of the show and they just keep mentioning him so I guess with Dylan not coming back it's fine because there's enough mentions in there to keep it going and then meanwhile Parrish and Stilinski are still getting calls from other officers because Eli stole Styles' Jeep, which apparently is a thing he does. And then both of their phones are ringing and Stilinski says, do you need to get that to Parrish? And he shook his head and it rings again and Derek goes, you want me to get that? And he's so quick-witted and he's like good humor for the show. Hearing Derek say my son is fucking great. Then they're at a red light and Eli tries to accelerate on green, but his tires are popped by his dad's wolf nails. And then he gets out looks around and his dad and then Stilinski and Parrish are leaning up against their squad cars and he's like sup guys. It's Styles humor. I don't know how to explain it. You'd have to see the movie and you would understand most of Eli's lines. They would be Styles lines. Also I love the small town vibes. Everyone knows everyone. They all grew up together. There's the grandparents, the parents, and now the younger generation from the show are parents. What's not to fucking love? Then we're back to Scott and then Lydia shows up and I don't know how long they've all gone without seeing each other 
because they're apparently all over. And Lydia was the pretty popular girl in the show. Styles is obsessed with her. And we waited six fucking seasons to get Stydia. And we only got about 15 minutes of it. It was a slow burn, but so worth it. And Scott and Styles were like the outcasts. But when Scott was bit by a werewolf, he suddenly had all these powers or whatever. And he became cool. So the group started mingling because they all had supernatural secrets. So seeing Scott and Lydia show up to the spot Allison died at to get answers. Jeff Davis, please stop fucking playing with me. And then Scott reaches for the dirt and Lydia's next to him and she reaches her hand over his and the scene is their two faces together and it's almost the same exact scene as Styles and Lydia back in the show with a trap and they're in the woods. I can't really explain it but there's a lot of parallels. And then Lydia's best friend Jackson who was her jock boyfriend in season one turned into a canima and then left for Paris and he's now dating a kid named Ethan. He has great humor also. One of his opening lines were, I have claws that drip paralytic venom and a tail that'll snap your neck so take your hand off me old man. And the way I fucking howled at that, I can't get enough of Jack's. And then finally, a coyote runs into a shop and once they're inside we see a naked Malia, which is the same way she appeared in the show. And then all of the friends link up at the Nimaton, which is the tree where it all started, and a dead Allison appears. And it's truly fucking nutty, honestly. I still can't believe it. And I thought she was going to pop up like a genie, if we're being honest. But she didn't. She appeared naked with lip filler. So that Bardo doctor, he was great. The final person to reintroduce would be Coach. And if you ask me, he should have been giving his famous speech he does before every game, but they fumbled with that entrance. But apparently Eli also plays lacrosse, and lacrosse was a huge thing in the show. That's what everyone did. Eli gets hurt on the field, and his dad helped to get him to the locker room. And apparently he's a werewolf also, but he can't shift, which means he can't heal the way that the others do. And that's when Derek sees Allison, and she lines up her arrow to shoot Eli, but he pushes Eli out of the way and jumps at her only to draw himself back once he sees her. And she shoots Derek with her arrow, which is laced in wolfsbane, and Liam and Hikari jump in front of him, and everyone else just shows up. I don't know, when they're all in trouble, everyone just happens to know that everyone's in trouble, so they all appear. And that's when the movie really starts, once we see all the introductions. And in the very last episode of Teen Wolf, the show, they introduced a kid named Alex, and he was a werewolf that Scott and Arjun were helping, because of another pack was after him and the final scene where they all walk away he's walking with them and I wonder why they even introduced him because it was the last episode ever of the whole series and why they didn't bring him back for the movie I also lied coach wasn't the final member to be reintroduced I completely forgot about Peter Hale and Mama McCall and honestly how many shows has Melissa Ponzio done she's so fucking incredible she also plays in Chicago Fire which if you guys follow me on Instagram you know I'm so obsessed with Chicago 1 series it's crazy and then the scene goes to it's pouring outside and then Eli suddenly decides it's time to stop for gas and the gas pump just so happens to be right outside the animal clinic and right next door is Hale Auto Shop weird timing weird placement and then Allison catches up to him how did she even know to go for him he wasn't even alive when she died how does she know she's a hunter how does she know who to go for? It doesn't make sense to me. And he goes running in towards the shop and she shot her bow at the truck he was driving 
causing it to burst into flames. As she's zeroing in on him, he finally makes it inside the shop, and then she's walking, and behind her, there's flames, and it's giving very much Angela Bassett in Waiting to Exhale is such a fucking powerful vision. And then Scott pops up out of nowhere, screaming for Allison to stop, and he can help her remember. And I like the little bits in the scenes that honor the show, like Lydia using red yarn, Styles used to. And one of my favorite scenes is when the Oni shows up at Derek's house and Stilinski starts popping his Glock from the fucking couch. I screamed so hard at that. So everyone in the group is now being chased down by the Oni and they're all being taken. The Oni, when they shoot you, you go into like a different dimension, which I guess is where Allison has been this whole time. And then it, it cuts to Peter Hale, which is played by Ian Bohan, and he's such a pretty guy. So he's on his hands and knees sniffing the ground to get a scent. He's also a werewolf, but it's so funny when you think about it because Ian Bohan, it fits, but it doesn't. But it's fucking comedy. The whole thing revolves around this damn lacrosse game, and the stadium is so nice. That budget must have been fucking crazy. And in the meantime, Allison has now stabbed Scott while he's trying to get her to remember him. And then they give us this throwback scene again of Scallison, and then her coming in with a traffic flare to burn the wolfsbane out of Scott because she stabbed him with her knife. And all of her stuff has wolfsbane on it. Again, how she knew to do that, I don't know. But the traffic flare, it jumps back to the best fucking episode ever of the whole entire series, which was Motel California. And Scott is holding the traffic flare in that one. So it jumps around with their memories again. And then it flashes to another scene, which is in another dimension where all the people that have been taken by the Oni are. And Eli and Derek are tied up on the top of rock. And Derek tells Eli not to show fear because that's what the Nugitsune fuels off. And Eli, in his style's humor, goes, oh, this guy? No way. It's like, oh my god, he's touching me. Anyone who is familiar with the show knows that is a style line. Everything about it is Styles, so we still have the Styles humor. And then they hear Scott Howell from the Wolfsbane being burnt out of him, which causes Eli's eyes to glow. And it's the first time Derek has seen his son's eyes, and Derek goes, Eli, look at your eyes. And Eli quickly fires back, how the hell am I supposed to see with my eyes when they're the things I used to see? And if you watch the show, you'd understand why the humor fits so well. And then the entire lacrosse stadium is lined with mountain ash, and it's a gateway between their world and then the Nugitsune's dimension world. And we finally learn who the hooded outsider from the beginning of the movie is, and it's Adrian Harris. He's the old science teacher, I believe. And he's pissed because he blamed the group for giving him up as a human sacrifice. And they weren't the ones that gave him up, but I guess he blamed them and says that they ruined his life and his opening line is you fucking imbecile and shout out again to Paramount because the cussing is a cherry on top to this fucking tree and I think the most shocking part of the whole fucking movie is that they want me to believe that a stadium had 10,000 people in the stands for a cross game in what world. Is lacrosse really that big? I grew up in a small town and we had to fight to get a lacrosse team so I just don't know if it's actually a huge sport. And then the Nogisane also loves pain so Adrian makes Lydia because 
he's with Lydia and Jackson. They're in part of the stadium, but how they're viewing it, they're looking through the mountain ash into this darker dimension, which is where the Oni and everyone else is. Adrian makes Lydia finally admit why she left Styles, and it was because of a dream. So we waited six entire seasons for these two to finally get together, which we witnessed for a total of 15 minutes. And she leaves him because of a dream. Are you fucking kidding me? But she thought it was actually a premonition, so she left him to save his life. And I wonder if it would have been different if Dylan did return. We're at the big fight scene, which there's always a big fight scene at the end of every season. And Lydia, from the outside looking in, she's urging Allison to fight. And then Scott gets knocked on his ass, and he shares a look with Liam's girlfriend. And they both just kind of nod. And it reminds me of another great episode called Master Plan. He plans a against Gerard who was trying to come after him. So they're all fighting and Jackson's with Lydia and he's begging her to scream. He's like, she'll hear you. Mountain Ash doesn't work on Banshees. Allison's alive. Your best friend is alive. And finally the Banshee screams the name Allison. And it's the same exact scream she did when she died. And she screamed again to save her. And it caused all of Allison's memories to come flooding back so she remembers everything. If it were me I would have broke right there. So Scott stands and he's like, I'm still standing. I'm still the alpha, which was so fucking hot of him. I'm on my knees for Scott McCall. But to end the game, Allison has to shoot Scott with her bow and kill him so he dies the same way that she did in her arms, which now that she has her memory back, she doesn't want to do. But she does it anyways. He kept urging her to, so she knew something was happening. So she shoots him three times and the arrows burst into flames. That was all thanks to the fox and Hakari and her master fucking plan. The final move... Parrish, the hellhound, enters the scene, and Eli was pushed off of the Nematon. Someone needs to hold the Nugisane so Parrish can kill it. Only the other person will die as well because they can't survive fire. So Derek looks at Scott and says, you're the alpha. He's part of your pack now, talking about Eli, and he offers himself up for the Nugisane. And personally, I think that this happened because Hecklin plays Superman. And throughout the show, he was always leaving to go film other shows. And I think he did the movie because he wanted to give the fans what they wanted, but he also didn't want to be tied in in case this happened to be picked up again with another show or movie or anything like that. So I think this was his way of saying, I gave you what you wanted and now I'm done with style and grace, Tyler Eklund. Thank you. And then they're throwing Derek a memorial service and Stalinsky finally gives Eli the keys to Styles' G and memories of Derek protecting people start playing on the screen and I wonder if this was to get picked up again if Eli's mom would be the one coming for him. It never mentions who she is but she could be another enemy they'd have to fight like Malia's mom. And then the final scenes is of Eli driving the jeep down this long narrow road through trees and Jeff loves that shot. They did it in the show now the movie and there's even a scene in his new show The Wolf Pack exactly like it. And then Scott and Allison are at the clinic and Scott says now I have future with him and you. So it's like Scallison adopting Eli, cute little parent. And it ends with people dropping Adrian off at Echo House, which Echo House is a whole season. So I think it, it closes it up again, but it also leaves plenty of room for more, which is exactly how they did the show. Closing the movie with Tyler Posey's new song, Lemon. And honestly, what a 
good fucking time. I bet Julie Plek is somewhere punching the air right now because her and that fink face Carolyn Drees or whatever the fuck her name is created such a toxic environment behind the scenes. Their cast would never ever return for something like this. They would never agree to come back. And on that note, thank you for listening to my first episode. These are all of my personal opinions of the show. So if you disagree, call my lawyer. Until next time, bye!